0: The moon is right, the spirit's up, we're here tonight, and that's enough, simply having a wonderful Christmas time, simply having a wonderful Christmas time. The party's on, the feeling's here, that only comes this time of year. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. The choir of children sing their song. Ding dong ding. Ding dong ding. Ooh. Everyone and welcome to another round of uh, position rankings within the Cardinals organization. I am your host. I am Kyle Reese for Birds on the Black and prospects after dark. We are down to our last two rounds of rankings uh, today. We're going to do the first base as we as we uh, uh, reach our penultimate episode, uh, the crescendo that will be the outfielders tomorrow. Uh, once again, thank you so much for being a part of our rankings. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for clicking and viewing. Thanks for talking it over. Uh, I am I am forever grateful. I haven't decided yet if there's going to be a musical lead-in to this list. Um, I'm about a lot of songs, that I know at least, and uh, uh, I'm not sure what's going to happen. So if you had a musical lead-in, you're welcome, and if not, you're even more welcome uh, than you were before. Now, First base is a fun little group, I guess. Um, it's a group of guys that I like. I like these guys. I don't know if any of them... Uh, aside from our graduates, and also number one on the list, really have anything in the way of a major league future. Uh, Number two on the list is still young enough. Number three on the list is still young enough. One of the guys is a draft pick in the honorable mentions. Uh, There's still time for it all to work out. Uh, But the Cardinals do have a pretty nice set of depth, whether it be potential major league or just exclusively minor league depth, at the first base position. And that's really cool, you know. Uh, I just remember a couple years back, you would look at the minor league depth and, you know, at first base, and it was terrible. I mean, not even good, just terrible. So it's nice to see that the Cardinals have a little bit of depth at the position. As we know, you can never have enough depth within the organization. Uh, we'll get right into the little list, especially after our one-hour-long expose into the utility infielders uh, yesterday. Uh, but number, we'll go over the list. Our graduates are going to be Ron hel and John Nagowski. Number one on our list is Lucan Baker. Number two on our list is Brady Whelan. Number three on our list is Leandro Cedeno. Uh, the honorable mentions, and these are going to be in a specific order, the honorable mentions. This isn't something that I, I've, I've been doing. Usually it's in kind of a, a complete crapshoot order. But our first honorable mention is Todd Lott. Our second honorable mention is Dariel Gomez. And our last honorable mention is Chris Chinea. Uh, we'll start with our graduates. Our first graduate is Ron Helravelo. You know uh, uh, the 27-year-old pretty well at this point. Uh, you know that he's bounced around from organization to organ. Well, not from organization to organization. You know he was drafted by the White Sox, uh, was released by them. Uh, you know that he was not all that uh, amazing after making his Major League debut Uh, following 10 seasons in the minor leagues, uh, 71 OPS plus. uh, uh, But we do know that the 27-year-old is really, it seems at least, that he's really well-suited for a a bench role, a pinch-hitting role. Uh, For a long time now, I've compared Rovelo to like the Jeremy Hazelbaker type. Uh, Again, you might say, oh, that's not the kind of type you want to be uh, associated with but I think it's an awesome distinction for someone like this. Uh, A career minor leaguer, who spent time in the White Sox organization? Uh, was drafted by them, then went to Oakland. Uh, spent some time playing abroad. Spent some time playing in an. Uh, I don't think he played in an independent league. Now that I'm thinking about it, but pen, spent some time playing abroad. You know, finds his way into the Cardinals organization and, and really starts to put it all together. Finds his way to a major league debut. You know, Ravelo is specifically an above average defensive first baseman. Uh, he can play the corners, but you want him to play the corner outfield spots rather. Uh, but you would want him to play out there as little as. Possible. Uh, I know he hit a monster home run for his first major league home run. I know that this is the kind of uh, player that you get excited about when they make a major league debut. I guess the question with Ravelo is, is he better suited? For the role that J. Mart currently has, and I think that it could be it could be argued that on the Cardinals' 25-man roster, that this is a player who might be better suited uh, for the 25-man spot than J. Mart. You know, especially from an organizational roster construction standpoint. You know, you kind of think to yourself, "Well, he's cheaper than J. Mart, and he's a better first baseman, and he makes good contact and has surprising pop." And he, while he don't want him in a corner outfield spot, he could probably handle it as well as J. Mart could. Um, Jmart's marts going to get that spot, Ravelo won't, but uh, it kind of gives you an idea that the Cardinals in a roster full of redundancies, like I say in the article, uh, have a couple guys that are kind of similar here, and they can go in any direction, and this is part of the reason why you get excited uh, about having depth at the minor league level. That's our first graduate, Ron Helbrevelo. No reason to really spend any more time on him. Our next graduate is 26-year-old John Nagowski. Now, Uh, If we're being honest, Nagowski should probably be number one, maybe number two on our list here, probably number two on our list. Uh, The reason that he isn't is he's just, you know, he's really been around forever at this point. You know, he's 26 years old. Uh, Nagowski is uh, a player that went to play in unaffiliated uh, uh, baseball and found his way back into the... Uh, minor league baseball through the Cardinals organization. He's another player that was uh, drafted by, uh, this time he was drafted by Oakland. He didn't sign as a minor league free agent with Oakland like Ravelo did. Drafted by Oakland, 34th round pick uh, who eventually went to Indy Ball and then resurrected his career in Indy Ball and found his way into the Cardinals organization. You know, Nagowski had a terrific, uh, an absolutely terrific 2019 season. He had 15 home runs, 22 home runs, Uh, 22 doubles, rather, and 463 plate appearances. Where Nagowski makes his money is his ability to identify strikes, uh, his feel for the strike zone. He has like uh, an early 20s, mid-20s version of Matt Carpenter feel for the strike zone. Uh, He has an incredible ability to barrel the baseball. You know, he's kind of a big boy. He's not super tall. He's he's a good size for first baseman. 6'2", 210, 220, somewhere around there. Uh, can handle first base. He's probably the best defensive first baseman in the organization. Uh, that includes, and normally when I say in the organization, I mean just the minors for the Cardinals. But I think you could argue that Nagowski's probably at this point a better first baseman than Paul Goldschmidt is uh, defensively. Um, but he makes his money defensively at first. And with his amazing understanding of the strike zone uh, and his amazing feel for the barrel of the bat. It was nice to see Nagowski's home run total click up uh, in 2020. Uh, uh, 2019. It was his first taste at AAA, too, so that was good. You know, I went back and I wanted to see... how You know, 15 was a career-high home run total for him in the minor leagues. And I wanted to see how many of those home runs were actual home runs and would have been home runs a couple of years ago without the new baseball that's being used at AAA and Major League Baseball and will be used at AA Baseball next year. Uh, and I would say of the 15 home runs he hit, at least 12 of them were real home runs, which would have tied his career-high. And those other three definitely would have been balls off the off the wall, would have been doubles, uh, unless they were robberies. So uh, I just wanted to give a quick uh, cap tip to John Nagowski. I kept him off of the list because he's 26 years old uh, for his tremendous 2019 season. Nagowski was not protected from the Rule 5 draft. I don't think a team drafts him, but he's one of a couple guys that I wouldn't be completely surprised if a team says, well, with 26 men on the roster now— uh, 26 available players on the roster. This could be an interesting bat off the bench. Uh, so especially an American League team who can utilize this type of uh, high walk rate, um, uh, low K rate, uh, contact-a-plenty type hitter. So that's a soon-to-be 27-year-old first baseman, John Nagowski. Number one on our actual list is Luke and Baker, 22 years old, played all at Palm Beach. Baker's season was bookended by uh, tremendous success. He had an amazing April, and he had an amazing August for Palm Beach. Uh, Everything in between was rough. Uh, uh, He was not good in May, uh, he was not good in June, and he was not good in July, but it was different. In May, his power increased, uh, but his strikeouts went up and his walks went down. And then it felt like in June and July that this was a player who was just... Trying to walk as often as possible, trying to rediscover the swing that made him an incredibly productive hitter in April, and then he rediscovered it in August. Um, as we all know, the Florida State League is not kind to hitters, and it definitely felt like uh, Luke and Baker was dealing with some of that. You know, some of his his midseason uh, uh, failure, if you want to call it that, was also aided by the fact that you know fly balls were being caught that otherwise wouldn't be in nearly any other league. Um, what we saw in August is, you know, how about this? This is we'll, the way we'll do it. Um, it. Entering August, Baker was hitting 221, 307, 330 with six home runs and 21 doubles and about 360 at bats. In August, he hit 346, 413 with a 654 slug, four home runs, 11 doubles, and 81 at bats. Uh, he really, really, really put it together. I think. I would almost put every dollar that I have that he starts the year at Springfield, I'm willing to bet that he has a surprising year at at Springfield in the Texas League offensively, where you look at his season slash line in 2019 of 244, 327, 360, 22% K rate, and and think... Oh man, this guy just hit 50 extra base hits, 25 home runs, 25 doubles uh, with a 20% K rate and a 12% walk rate. Where did this come from? It just came from partially getting out of the Florida State League uh, while discovering his swing uh, and his ability uh, uh, at the Florida State League in August. All very positive signs. Uh, I I love the way he started. I love the way he finished. It was weird in the middle, but it's a tough ask for this type of player uh, to go to the Florida State League uh, and hit in his first full season in the organization. I also want to compliment Baker on the defensive gains that he made. Now, he's still a below average first baseman, but he went from being well below average at the beginning of the year to being just... Uh, below average. Not slightly below average, but below average by the end of the year at first base. He has a lot of work to do. You know, we've talked about it endlessly. He's made, he missed a ton of time uh, in college to injuries, uh his freshman, sophomore, and junior seasons. Uh, So he just needs to continue to get better at first. Uh, I'll say it. If I said it once, I've said it 100 times in the last couple of weeks. If you had to pick a prospect uh, uh, to go from maybe underwhelming offensive stats to blow them open offensive stats in 2020, a Luke and Baker just might be your guy. The 32 doubles uh, and 10 home runs along with one triple, which I'm sure was a fluke uh, at Palm Beach for this below-average runner, uh, show me and tell me that you're going to see at least uh, at least – 50 extra base hits from him in Springfield for the Texas League in 2020. Just got to keep making those gains defensively and we'll have a legitimate prospect. You know, right now if I'm looking at my board right, I have Luke and Baker as now, I don't know where the hell I have him on the list, but he was, you know, in the back 20 uh, of the dirty 35. I think he might have been 23 or 23 22. Uh, At the midseason re-rankings, he's going to be up because I'm going to be banking on him. Where is he? Where is he? Baker, 20. Uh, I'm going to be banking on him to have a resurgence in the Texas League. That's number one on our list of first basemen, Lugan Baker. Number two on our list is Brady Whalen. Brady Whalen is 21, spent all the year at Peoria. Uh, There was a thing that happened at Peoria where everyone in Peoria raped in April and then in May and June, things got super weird and no one could hit. We saw it with uh, uh, Nolan Gorman. We saw it with Brady Whalen. Uh, we saw it with Brendan Donovan. Now, Ivan Herrera was a pretty consistent uh, 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 hitter throughout the entire his entire time in the Midwest League. But it seemed to happen with those three guys in particular, uh, along with every other hitter in, in that lineup. Couldn't tell you why it beats me. Uh, what I will say is... After April, he was hitting 324, 395, 529 with three home runs and five doubles and about 70 at bats. And then in the month of May, Wayland struck out about 32% of the time. Uh, you saw his power spike a, a little bit and you saw his strikeouts go up and his walk rate go down. And I think that. Like, this is the kind of stuff I love to see out of a 21-year-old in the middle, Wesley. I want to see them start to hit for more power. I kind of want to see their strikeouts go up. I'd like for it not to. But the fact that the strikeouts are going up and the walks are going down tell you that he's getting more aggressive, feeling more comfortable in a swing. Uh, But what ended up happening is while he was getting more comfortable in his swing, he lost comfort with his swing because he's just not ready to hit for power yet. You know, he's not hes not lanky, but he's not super strong. He's like 6'2", 6'3". He's got good size. He's a pretty good top three defensive first baseman in the organization. Uh, uh, you know, I would say, just thinking about it, you know, it's it's um, uh, Nagowski, then Goldie, and then probably Brady Whalen at first. Um, it, it, he just he started hitting, trying to hit for power in May, and then when he tried to revert back, it did not work. You know, two home runs—it's it, not a huge amount—but 12 doubles and 101 May at bats tell you that he was he was focusing on slugging the ball a little bit. And then when he tried to go back, it did not work. Uh, Waylon went 60 games between I think his uh, his fourth home run and fifth home run on the year, or uh, it would have been his fourth home run and fifth home run on the year. He went 60 games uh, between. He had 15 doubles in that time uh, and he was walking plenty while driving his K rate down, which tells you that he was, he was trying to rediscover his approach uh, uh, after maybe selling out for a little bit of slug and it didn't work. You know, he rebounded a little bit in August, uh, but it just wasn't there. Now it's worth mentioning that Brady Whalen led the Midwest league in RBIs and he was third in doubles. Those are all positive signs. again, uh, those are qualified hitters, you know, guys who stay at A or stay at the Midwest League for the majority of the year. Um, you know, not the guys who got promoted, uh, advanced promotions or anything like that. Uh, most of those guys are kind of omitted from that because they don't have enough at-bats to qualify. But he, he led the Midwest League in RBIs um, uh, and was third in doubles. That's all very good. Uh, and, you know, over his last two months of the year, in 232 play appearances, Waylon walked 13.4% of the time while striking out about 16.8% of the time. You know, he he sorted it out. The issue with Waylon, uh, he, he's going to have to rediscover some of that power that he was he was after in May that never manifested uh, uh after May. He's going to end up going to the Florida State League. Don't be surprised if Brady Whalen has a similar year in 2020 to what Luke and Baker had in 2019, you know, a 240 hitter with a 320 on-base percentage uh uh who hits 30 doubles with 10 home runs, you know, hopefully hits 10 home runs. I'll take 5 to 7 range if I'm if I'm being 100% honest with you. uh, uh and who is hopefully in a position to be a 23-year-old uh playing at Springfield in 2022 with a chance to do damage. Remember, if he puts up the offensive numbers that uh, Luke and Baker put up at Palm Beach, then you're talking about a guy who has a WRC plus of 115 uh, in 2020 at Palm Beach. So something around 115, 110 would be a huge improvement. uh, What we're hoping to see, you know, uh, that's the kind of hitter that Brady Whalen is capable of being. He's capable of being more than that. If that power manifests, if he grows into his body a little bit more, uh, uh, good things can definitely come. We haven't seen Whalen's ceiling yet. Now that doesn't mean that he's going to be better than what he is, but we just haven't seen his ceiling yet and we're adjusting from there. So here's the hoping for a good uh, 2020 season for Brady Whalen in the power suppressing Palm Beach. Uh for Palm Beach in the power-suppressing Florida State League. Number three on our list is Leandro sedanio Now, Leandro's fun. Uh uh, first off, he's still young, 21 years old, spent most of his season at Peoria. I think all of his season at Peoria now that I'm thinking about it. Uh, and the Cardinals are hell-bent on giving Leandro Sedanio as much time in the outfield as possible. He is not an outfielder. He might be the worst outfielder I've ever seen at the minor league level. I mean, he's Matt Adams and left uh, on opening day bad. Uh, But consistently, he takes terrible routes. He gets terrible reads. He's kind of slow and clunky out there. There's no reason that this guy should be trolling the outfield in any capacity. Uh, Uh... But put him at first base, make him a DH, hope for the best. Cedeno has just plus, plus, plus raw power from the right-handed side. It hasn't manifested in games uh, the way that I thought it would. In 2018, he hit 14 home runs in the Appalachian League for Johnson City in 258 plate appearances. This year, for Peoria, in about 400 plate appearances, he only hit six home runs. To see his home run total dip down is bad. Uh, I was really hoping we'd see at least a repeat, somewhere between the 10 to 15 range, uh, especially if he had 400 plate appearances and it didn't happen. That's not very good. Now, he did stru- uh, he did like come into his own after the mid-part of July until the end of the year. We saw the power increase. We saw uh, uh, the walks increase and the strikeouts go down. But the issue with sedano with in particular is that he is a super free swinger. He has a loopy swing uh, uh, that seems really slow uh, for someone his size with his power, Um but he swings it too much. You know, he had a 25% K rate, a little higher than 25% K rate in 2019. Had a 4.5% walk rate in 2019. Uh, we saw, and what I believe, the reason that he had success offensively, producing power, at uh, the in the Appalachian League in 2018 was that he was more patient and less of a free swinger. Now he struck out more in 2018 than he did in 2019, uh, but uh, he was he was definitely more uh, of a patient hitter in the Appy League than he was in Peoria. Now, that could very well be that he's just not capable of of hitting advanced pitching. We're going to have to wait and see. Uh, Again, I don't know where he starts. He might start back at Peoria. He might go to Palm Beach. We're going to have to wait and see. It was encouraging. uh, You know, while I, I beat up on him, uh, for his uh, uh, his decline from 14 to 6 home runs in 2019. Uh, it was nice to see him hit 24 doubles in 400 plate appearances uh, uh, in 2019. That's really good. All the positive. You know, it goes to show you that that's where the raw power is. Uh, He has a lot of work to do with his approach and everything, but that's where the raw power is with him. Just a matter of how it's going to manifest from here on out. Uh, Bottom line with Cedeno is he's not an outfielder. Put him at first. He's probably not even that good of a first baseman defensively. Uh, Mixed reviews there. He's not super agile, not super fast. He's not going to wow you in that capacity. Um, uh, You know, he needs to cut down on the strikeouts. He needs to bring his walk total up. Uh, and he needs to really start tapping into that raw power. I like that he was sent to extended spring training. Uh, and he really seemed to be a better hitter after extended spring training. Uh, but honestly, like, let's not sugarcoat it. Leandro Cedeno has a lot of work to do. Uh, a ton of work to do. Uh, he's number three on the list because I like him. And I think that that's the spot that he belongs. Uh, uh, and he's really on the precipice. Uh, he, he's really in the middle of the teeter-totter, being able to teeter or totter one way or the other. Uh, that's number three on our list, 22-year-old Leandro Cedeno, uh, not Or 21-year-old Leandro Cedeno. Now, as we get to our honorable mentions, we're going to start with a 2019 draft pick, uh, 22-year-old Todd Lott. Now, Todd Lott, uh, ninth-round pick Todd Lott. He's interesting. He'll probably spend some time in the outfield in 2020, I would assume. He's a first baseman outfield type. He has a right handed swing. Uh, it's short, it's compact, and the big boy generates a lot of power. He's from the University of Louisiana at Lafayette, the same school as Tra- Stefan Trusclair. Now, this gives us a chance to talk about Trusclair a little bit. Go back and look at his stats. Uh, both Lott and Whalen are a little bit. Like Trosclair, like uh, Waylon went through a power zap, like Trosclair went through. Uh, that doesn't really make any sense. Uh, Lot has a similar approach to Trosclair, uh, a similar defensive upside as Trosclair. Same with with Waylon. Um, Lot became a, a name on the scouting circuit because he had a great, a really really solid offensive season in the Cape Cod League. Now the Cape Cod League is an, a, a wooden bat league, and if you hit well there, it'll ...get you attention uh, in the draft and further on. In that league, he hit 293, 333, 469 with 6 home runs and 8 doubles and 147 at-bats. Uh, that really put him on the radar. And then at Louisiana La- Lafayette, he he cut his strikeout rate down. He upped his walk rate just a tremendous deal uh, while not zapping any of his power. And that's what makes this guy uh, a, a tremendously intriguing pick with their ninth round pick uh, in the 2019 draft... He is the cousin of former NFL legend Ronnie Lott. Super athletic, super uh, raw skills, uh, and not raw in the same way that we talk about Nolan Gorman or Ivan Herrera or uh, you know players like that, players in their teens. This is a more refined player who you can tell went through college and has college seasoning. Uh, Lott is a, is a wild card. He's he's the perfect ninth-round draft pick uh, with with a tremendous upside. Uh, the question is where will he be? Will he play in the outfield? Will he play at first? Uh, I don't really have a feel. He, like I said, specifically played first for, uh, Johnson city. Uh, I don't know what that looks like next year. I'm sure he'll go to Peoria, and if he goes to Peoria, that more than likely means that he spends time uh, in both the outfield and at first base. Uh, That's our first honorable mention, a great ninth-round draft pick for the St. Louis Cardinals. Even if he doesn't pan out in a year or two years or three years or ten years or five years or whenever, Uh, 22-year-old Todd Lott. The next honorable mention on our list is 23-year-old Dariel Gomez. Uh, Gomez, I guess first and foremost, get the pleasantries, out of, get, get the rough stuff out of the way. Uh, he's a terrible runner, super slow, somewhere in between Carson Kelly and Yadier Molina. Uh, and he is also not a very good defensive first baseman uh, there man I was watching some state college games and watching him swipe at balls one bouncers one hoppers uh, thrown to him from a second baseman or a third baseman or a shortstop it's rough it almost makes you laugh uh, he'll he'll come up with some of them and you'll be like oh okay I see it but for the most part he's he's not a very good defensive first baseman so he's slow and he's not a very good defensive first baseman Uh, The most intriguing thing about him is his power. He has some amazing, amazing raw power. Uh, The the left-handed swinger hits lefties, he hits righties, he has power to all fields, uh, and he does it with a pretty good walk rate. Uh, Even though he's old for the levels over the last couple years, his walk rate has not dipped below 11.2%, and his strikeout rate got to uh, pretty much... Uh, aside from 2016 at the DSL, it, it got him to a career-low 20.4% K rate in 2019. Now, again, uh, too talented for the level he was at at State College. Uh, he'll be at Peoria in 2020. He had a WRC Plus of 128. I love that. Very, very positive. Goes to show you uh, uh, how dynamite he can be. Uh, again, uh, the, don't want to get over complicated with a 23-year-old playing against a um, uh, uh, You know, lower level power, or lower level talent, younger talent. Uh, Keep it really simple. He has tremendous pop to all fields. He can hit lefties uh, with pop to all fields. He walks a decent amount, probably strikes out too much. But when you're talking about a 10% walk rate and a 20% K rate, you'll take that. Uh, uh, Who is a terrible first baseman, who who is terribly slow. But what I want to say about his speed is that even though he's slow, he's a very, very good base runner. Uh, Very, very underrated base runner. Uh, He understands what he's capable of. He knows his speed, and he runs the bases very smart, uh, 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 knowing what he's capable of. And I love that. You know, he's the kind of guy who you would be in awe of if you saw him on the right day at a minor league stadium. Like all of those things. Like you know, sure, he's not the guy that'll ever make a major league debut. I'll go ahead and say it. You know, I don't, I don't know what the future holds for him, but his chances of making major league debut are like two percent, probably five percent, ten percent at the most. Uh, if not substantially lower than all of that, uh, but if you saw him on the right night, you'd be like, in in uh, Mahoning Valley or whatever, uh, you'd say, "Man, this guy absolutely rakes! Like, that's really cool." And he's the kind of guy who's amazing organizational depth and who will make some noise at Peoria in whatever level he progresses through the minor leagues. Uh, that is our our most recent honorable mention: twenty three year old Dariel Gomez. Our last honorable mention, just like with the catchers, gives us a chance to talk about uh, an organizational soldier. We're going to talk about 25-year-old Chris Chenea. Now, Chenea did a little bit of catching, still caught last year, about 10 games I think it was, uh, but he's mostly a first baseman, little under six foot, about 220 pounds, has a similar swing to Julio Rodriguez, honestly, uh, uh, from the right side, and uh you know, Chris Chenea is never going to be a major leaguer, not unless, not unless he takes huge strides, changes his approach. Uh, he has surprising pop at the plate, which I love. Uh, he does good work against righties, too, which I like. Uh, but it just gives us a chance to ho- like uh, highlight an organizational soldier who has done amazing stuff for the Cardinals over the last, you know, 20, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, over the last five minor league seasons. I, I really, really like him. You know, strikes out too much, doesn't walk, has good pop, not great pop. Uh, But if he can play first and he can play catch in a pinch, this is the kind of guy that you build. And I gotta stop saying the kind of guy. Chinea is the player that you can build a solid minor league foundation around. Uh, uh, Just like with the other two honorable mentions, I'm not gonna overkill the talk here. Uh, But I do want to give a hat tip to Chris Chinea for being the type of player that he's been. Uh, for the last handful of years for the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, He's he's a really good defensive first baseman. He was just a little bit bigger. There'd be a little bit more to talk about. You know, and he's an average catcher at the minor league level, which makes him below average on a scouting scale more than likely. Uh, But he's a lot of fun to watch, and he's a good guy. And, you know, I've been told over and over how great he is with fans and how great he is in the clubhouse. Uh, And it gives me great joy to have a chance to use my platform to talk about Chris Chenea and give him the cap tip that he deserves. You know He'll be in the Cardinals organization more than likely for at least one more season, potentially two. uh, And and I hope that uh, he has a couple standout seasons uh, in the meantime. So that's our last honorable mention, Chris Chenea. To go over our first baseman again, other graduates were Ron Hel Ravello and John Nagowski. Number one on our list was Luke and Baker. Number two is Brady Whelan. Number three is Leandro Sedeño. Our honorable, honorable mentions are Todd Lott, uh, uh, Chris Chinea, and Dariel Gomez. Uh, that is our list of the top first basemen within the Cardinals organization as ranked by yours truly, Kyle Reese. You know you can hit me up on Twitter at KYLER416. Uh, if you want to DM me, my DMs are open. Please feel free to DM me at KYLER416. If email's your game, email me at KYLER416 at yahoo.com. Uh, uh for everybody at Birds on the Black, everybody at Prospects After Dark, thank you so much for being a part of this. If you're listening to this, you're a part of the resistance. And as always, family, happy hunting.